0: Amazing Grace Kona welcome you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Let's start off in Romans 16. In verse 1 we read, it says, And I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church which is at Centuria. So Paul is writing to the church at Rome And he's going to begin to send his salutations and greetings to the people there. Now, he thinks he's going to go there as he's on his way to Spain, and he's just going to drop in, visit them, be helped and encouraged by their faith and encourage their faith. And he's like, I can't wait to see you. He said, but I have to go to Jerusalem first and drop off a love gift from the guys there over in Macedonia and Achaia. They had heard the saints in Jerusalem were suffering. Remember, in the day of Jesus, the Roman Empire was in charge and they began to just persecute the Christian way because they were saying that there was a king of kings, a lord of lords above all lords, this one Jesus, this Messiah. Now, that doesn't go over with Roman megalomania. You guys have seen the stories where they show the emperor Nero or or those guys, they want everyone to fall down and worship them. And to say that there's a higher king than their kingdom. Remember Herod, when the Magi appeared, they said, "Uh, where's he who is born king of the Jews? And he goes, "Um, don't know. So he he has the spiritual guys say, where does the scripture say the king of the Jews is to be born? They knew the scripture. They went and said, well, it says you, O Bethlehem, least among the clans, you're going to be the place, the one that is chosen by God. And in Hebrew, Beth is house lay is of and hem is bread the house of bread now i love this because jesus when he came he said i am the bread of life which has come down from heaven but the bread of life was born just by coincidence in the house of bread it's not coincidence at all the lord knew but when herod found that out from his religious fellows what do he say to the magi hey go find this one, this one born king of the Jews, and come and tell me where he is that I might come and worship him. Who thinks he wanted to go worship? Anyone? No, he wanted to go kill. The Lord warned the Magi not to return to Herod, go a different way, and they did. They departed, and after they departed and Herod found out that they weren't coming back, he sent his fellows and said, hey, wait a minute, when did that star appear? About two years ago. Kill every baby two years and younger. Wipe out every male, just in case. But the Lord had sent to Joseph a warning and said, take now, flee. Take your family and flee. The one thing I love about Joseph in the Bible is he obeyed the Lord. Lord told him to do it. He didn't say, but I don't get it, Lord, or I don't understand, or this is going to be inconvenient. I'm going to have to give up my house. I'm going to have to uproot. And God said, do it. And he did it. I have found in our Christian experience, we kind of overcomplicated the gospel a bit. Really, it comes down to a real simple thing. When God puts that direction to you to do something, are we the people that say, Lord, if you say to do it, I'll do it. And Paul is now going to say to the church some really simple things but things to warn them now in this letter guys he is never been to Rome yet yet the first thing he does is say I commend to you this sister Phoebe she was a servant he says at the church of Centuria Centuria in the book of Acts Paul passes through that place on a second missionary journey and the only reason I remember this in Acts eighteen eighteen, he gets a haircut In that town. That's the place where he took a vow. It says he was taking the love gift back toward Jerusalem. And for some reason, he made a vow to the Lord. And in their culture, you know, when they made the vow, they would shave the hair of their head all the way down and offer that to the Lord and say, okay, now it's kind of like new goings, new beginnings. I vow I'm going to do this. And here. I don't know if she was the hairstylist that cut his hair or what that Phoebe gets mentioned because she was one of the ones at that place. And she's mentioned right here, Paul says, I commend her to you. So he's sending a group of fellows and perhaps this sister to bring this letter. Remember, there was no postal mail. Somebody had to hand deliver this letter. Here's the servant who's bringing the letter to them. I commend her to you. That you would receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and that you would help her in whatever matter she has need of you. How would you like to have Paul write something about you in the Bible? Like honorable mention, really good person, serve the Lord, help them out whatever they need. Works for me. And it says, she herself has also been a helper of many as well as myself. Then he goes on, he says, and greet Priscilla and Aquila. Now, Priscilla and Aquila were the two that he met that had the same occupation as Paul. You remember, what did Paul do to provide his income? He made tents. And Priscilla and Aquila, this is a husband and wife, we read about them in the book of Acts. Paul actually spends some time teaching them about the Lord, things that they didn't know about, and acquainting them with the grace of God through Jesus. And these guys, they become really mighty instruments in the work of the Lord in the book of Acts. They were from Rome, but they were Jewish. They actually had to flee Because they said, all Jews get out. And so they fled. And because of their fleeing, God orchestrated a, you know how he kind of sets up the little dominoes to make us intersect in life with certain people? This is what he did with these two. He put them right into Paul's path and they got to come to salvation in a deeper understanding than they had already. And so Paul says, these two risked their lives, their own necks. And to whom do I give thanks? But also, not just me, but also do the churches of the Gentiles. Because these two went on and really started sharing about the faith that we get to have as Gentiles in Christ. And also, he tells them to greet the church that is in their house. Now, Priscilla and Aquila, remember, they didn't have church buildings back then. They did church in the home. There's something sweet about having church in a home. Now, these two had a church in their house. And church is not a building. Jesus said, where two or more gather in my name, there I am in the midst. All churches is about is us gathering in the name of the Lord. Whenever we come together, that's church. And you can do that in your home with other believers. You can be out here on the beach. doesn't matter where you are as long as you just do it in his name. So Paul says, now greet them. Then he says, greet Epianetus." He was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary also, who worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus. He said, my kinsmen, my fellow prisoners, who are outstanding amongst the apostles, who are also in Christ before me. Paul recognizes they've been in the Lord longer than he has. And greet Ampliatus our fellow worker in Christ, Stachys, my beloved. Greet Apelles, approved in Christ. Greet those that are the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet those of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa. Workers in the Lord, greet Paris, and my beloved who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, a choice man in the Lord. Also Rufus's mother and mine, he says. Now this is interesting. He says, greet Rufus's mother and mine. Do you think Rufus's mother is really his mother? Do we have any record Paul's got a brother named Rufus? No. But this brings up an interesting point here. He calls Rufus's mother his mother. Where's Angie? That's my mom. Don't we look alike? This is my Hanai mom. This really points out to me. Paul is naming all these different names brothers and sisters and mothers that he's calling this other fellow's mother, his mom. It reminds me of when Peter, both in Matthew's gospel and Matthew 19:29, but in Mark 10:29 is better. I like it. Mark got all his information from Peter. Would you just turn there for a second? This is amazing. Peter says to the Lord, he's hearing the Lord talk to this rich ruler and the guy, he's kind of like going, what do I have to do to get saved and to have everlasting life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? This is Mark 10, verse 18. He says, why do you call me good? He says, there's no one good except God alone. Don't you know the commandments? Don't murder. Do not commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness." He starts quoting them, you know, the, what we call the Ten Commandments. Don't defraud. Honor your father or your mother. Listen to what this young man says. He says, teacher, really in Hebrew he says, rabbi. Rabbi, I have kept all these things from my youth up. In looking at him, Jesus, it says, felt a love for this young man. He says to him, one thing you still lack, go sell all that you possess and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then Jesus said, and come and follow me. And it says at these words, the young man was saddened. He went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. And Jesus looking around, he said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who are wealthy, to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples, they were amazed at the words of Jesus. And Jesus answers again. He says, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. They were even more astonished. They said to him, then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said, with people It is impossible. But with God, this is the important part. With God, how many things are possible? All things. Can God put a camel through the eye of a needle? Now, I have heard teachings where the the guys go, the eye of the needle is a gate in the city, what is a real small gate, what a man has to bend down low and it's narrow and it's to cause him to be in a vulnerable position so that if he's an enemy, as he's passing through the wall of the gate, they can just stab him out of a little porthole or something and kill him. Well, couldn't really get a camel through the gate, the eye of the needle, because the load that it has on. So you'd have to take off all the load, and they give this really great teaching about how the rich have to lay aside all the riches, and get down the camel on all four little legs, and go all the way crawling through the little eye of the needle gate. That sounds really spiritual and everything, but if you look it up in Greek, when he says the eye of the needle, he's not talking about a gate. Guess what he's talking about? A needle that you sew with. If it was just a gate that you had to get the camel, take off its stuff, and get him through, they wouldn't be so amazed. They'd be like, "Ah, oh, it's a pain, but we could do it. But their answer was, how can you be saved then? I mean, a camel through an eye of a needle, it, their mind's blown. We can't do this. And he says, that's right. With men, can't do. It's impossible. But with God, with God, it's not impossible. With us, it's impossible. But we serve a God that can do the impossible. So it's no big deal. They're just like scratching their head going, oh. And the rich, I'm sure that they saw the reaction of that rich young man going, whoa. You want me to sell everything and give it to the poor and come follow you? I mean, and he went away saddened because it's like, I can't do it. And Jesus is saying it's hard for someone who's rich to come follow him, to leave those riches and put their perspective on something longer-run, eternal. Now, someone who doesn't have much, to the poor, the gospel's easy. I mean, in fact, this is a great message of hope. We're poor now, but we won't always be poor. Right? In my Father's house, Jesus said, there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. Man, when you're poor, you're thinking, I got a mansion waiting for me. That's the message of the gospel. That's pretty good but when you own a bunch of mansions and you're told, oh, yeah, get a mansion, but I already got a bunch of them. What's the big deal? And I need a savior for what? Well, save me from what? I can buy my way out of anything. To the really ultra wealthy, it doesn't seem like they have the same problems we have, do they? And Jesus says it's hard for them to perceive that there's still a need for their everlasting salvation. Their soul still needs saving but to someone who experiences need every day. When you say to somebody who has grown up poor and they have suffered need day in, day out, and you say, hey, by the way, you also need a savior for your soul. They go, yep, I can relate to that. Because they're used to relating to other needs that they have. And so Jesus says, look, it may seem impossible with men, but this is possible with God. Then Peter piped up, verse 28, Now, you know Peter, right? Wet socks, Peter, open mouth, insert foot. He's always saying something he shouldn't say. But this time he says, Lord, we have left everything to follow you. We're so spiritual. Me and John, Andrew, we all like joined the club. We're the ones that had left everything. We're with you, Lord. And Jesus says, truly, I say to you. If you have a King James Bible, it says, verily, verily. Verily means truly, by the way. Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in this present age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and farms, along with, oh, I wish you wouldn't have put this in. Did you see that? Starts with a P word, right? persecutions and in the age to come he will receive eternal life but many jesus says who are first will be last and many are last shall be first now a lot of people know the last shall be first first shall be last part they just don't know the verse before that that in this life peter's going we left it all for you lord and jesus goes i tell you the truth there's nobody that has left house Mother, brother, sister, I mean, the whole family gamut. There is nobody has left any of that stuff that will not receive back in this life a hundred times more. And notice he does say, houses, brothers, sisters. You left the house to serve the Lord? Or Lord goes, I got you. You left mothers, brothers, sisters? I got you. And you know what's really sweet? When I look at Paul, what he's writing here, he's saying, Greet Rufus, that choice man in the Lord, and greet his mother and mine also. He just got an extra mom. In fact, he's got mother, brother, sister. Look, here in his greetings, he's greeting all these different names are people. And if you don't know this in your Christian faith yet, one of the coolest things about our Christian faith is that we get to have extra family from the Lord. Some of you are going, Thank God, because my family, my real family, the one I was born into, yeah, they're messed up. And you didn't get a choice about them, right? You were stuck with them from birth. you just like born into You're like, God, why did you let me be born in that family? Well, you got some real broken eggs, sir. You get the idea, right? We don't choose the earthly family we're born into. One of the sweet things about being in the Lord, though, is that God goes, you know what, if you leave even your earthly family to come follow me, and some of you have had to do that. You had to say to your earthly family, look, I'm going to go follow the Lord, and you got mocked. Well, Paul is experiencing this. Now, he's never been to Rome, yet in this letter, and there's one other letter he writes, the book of Colossians, is the only two places where he sends all of these different greetings by name. A who's who of different people. Some that we know he met personally. Some I don't know if he met. Did you just send a greeting to them because you heard about them from Priscilla and Aquila? Or did you hear about them from Mary? Did you hear about them from your brother here, Rufus? Whatever the case was, Paul had a big family in Christ. Now he goes on, verse 14. Greet Asyncritus and Phlegion and Hermes and Patrobas and Hermas and the brethren with them. And greet Philologus and Julia and Nerus and his sister and Olympus and the saints who are with them. And then he says, verse 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. And he says, in all the churches of Christ, greet you. Now, verse 17, here's his last instructions what he's giving to them. I urge you to keep your eye on those that cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you have learned. Turn away from them. Why are there those guys, they just seem to breed and multiply. Throughout church history, they always seem to be some guys that want to cause dissension in the church. They don't go to church because they want to get fed and encouraged and encourage other people. They just got to go pick a little fight about something. And it doesn't matter what it is. And Paul's saying, these are all brethren. Greet them. Greet them with a holy kiss. Let them know. Now, he says, watch out for guys that teach you other things and cause hindrances. These men, he says, are not slaves of the Lord Jesus, verse 18, but they are slaves of their own appetites. And by their smooth and their flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. For the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore, I am rejoicing over you. But I have to stop on this point because he says, the report of their obedience wouldn't that be kind of cool if the only thing that people heard about this church was the people at that church, they obey the Lord, whatever the Lord tells them to do. How would you like that to be written in the Bible of this church? They go, what's that church like? Man, those people, they obey the Lord. The Lord tells them do something, stop, help that person. They stop and help the person. The Lord tells them to go here and share, and they do it cheerfully, or go give to that person that's hurting over there. Even if he tells them, take your shirt and give it to that person. They're the church that obeys. Anyone would volunteer to have that written of you in the Holy Bible? I mean, would that be cool or what? The report of the church at Rome was that they were obedient to the faith. Now, some people just glaze right over. Just keep reading the names, keep going. I can't. I'm like, that's a genuine church. That's real church. That's a church, Is doing church the way I think we're really supposed to do church. When the Lord says do it, you say, okay, Lord. Don't pull a Peter. You know, when the sheep came down, the Lord said, arise, Peter, kill and eat. He goes, no, Lord. Where did you learn your manner? You don't tell the master no. You obey. What a cool thing to have written. Paul says the report of their obedience had reached to all. Man, I would love it if that's what people have heard about our church. That church, little church on the beast. The Lord tells them to do something and they just do it. Would that be nice to go down marked as a church the ones that just obeyed when the Lord said to do? So i want to encourage you, even if to your natural mind doesn't make sense, but you feel God telling you to do something, can I encourage you this week? Just purpose in your heart. Just do it. Just say, okay, Lord, here I am. Do what you want. I assure you, when you obey the Lord, that's when you see Jehovah Jireh, our provider, provide. That's when you get to experience the family. That's when you get to experience the blessings. The blessings come when we're obedient. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord or at our podcast site, CelebrateTheLord.org. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the big island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach to the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original. Calvary Chapel, Connor
1: Lord's been good to Abraham. And he's gonna do the same. gonna be